Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our seniors minister, Jack Hall, as he brings today's lesson. Ron, I appreciate the entire service of music, but I'm particularly thankful for the very last song that we sang about faithful love, because our message today is just that. We're going to be talking about faithful love. The Bible is full of love stories. We're going to look at just four of them today and then make some applications in our lives that we learn from these stories of love. The first one is the story of Jacob and Rachel. When it came time for Jacob to take a wife, he did not want to marry in the area where they were living now, but rather he wanted to go back to where his father's people were from to pick a wife. That story is found in Genesis chapter 29. The Bible tells us that Jacob came upon a well where there were people gathered watering their sheep. And one of the persons that was there that caught Jacob's eye was a young woman named Rachel. I don't know if you believe in love at first sight, but I believe the story of Jacob and Rachel proves at least in this instance, there was love at first sight. It was not the culture of the people of that time to show public affection. And yet the Bible says, when Jacob saw Rachel, he kissed her that would never have been accepted in that society. And yet he was so taken by her beauty, he kissed her the first time he met her. And the Bible in describing Rachel says that she was beautiful of form. Now men, can't you just imagine what he's talking about? Beauty of form. He loved Rachel so much that he went to the father, Laban, and he said, I will work for you seven years if you will give me Rachel. Now that's a lot of love. But the Bible says that after that bargain was struck and Jacob began to work for Laban, that the days passed as minutes because he was so in love with Rachel and he could not wait to have her as his wife. You know the story, of course. When it came time for the wedding, after he had worked for seven years, Laban gave him Leah, the older sister, not Rachel. 
crushed in heart, he went back to Laban and he said, I'll work seven more years if you'll give me Rachel. And so the bargain was struck. Laban gave Rachel to Jacob prior to the working out of those seven more years. But he was faithful to what he said he would do. And even though he had already been allowed now to have Rachel as his wife, he worked seven more years, 14 years of servitude because he loved her so much. Another example of love is found in the book of Ruth. And it's a story of Ruth and Boaz. We all know the story well. Naomi had gone into the land of the Midianites with her husband and three sons years before. Her husband and the three sons passed away. And Naomi was going to return to her homeland. And she told her daughters-in-laws to return to their home. But Ruth loved Naomi so much that she said, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to live where you live. Your God is going to be my God. And so they travel back to the land of Israel. They have no means of income. And so Ruth goes into the fields and gathers what's left of the harvest. Boaz sees her. She's a beautiful woman. And so he tells his workers to leave grain in the corners of the field so she can get plenty. He protected her and made sure that no man would touch her. Under the Jewish law, the nearest kin was allowed to take the wife of a, of a person who had died. So there was one person closer to Naomi than Boaz. But Boaz, being a man of honor, he went to the nearest relative and they decided that it was better for Boaz to have her. And so he married Ruth. And that love story twinges our heart and makes us understand what true love really is. The third example of love is that between Joseph and Mary. Now it's true that they had been betrothed. That is, it was a, an arranged wedding. And yet, when Joseph was tested because he found out that his wife betrothed was with child, he did not know at this time that the child was of the Holy Spirit. But even then, Joseph loved Mary so much 
He did not want to put her to shame. The Bible says he was a just man. The Bible says he thought about what he should do in this situation. He did not want to hold Mary up to public ridicule. He was going to take her and leave. And it was revealed to him, of course, that the child within Mary was of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph accepted her as his wife and did everything that God told him to do. A wonderful love story of a man who wanted the best for his wife, even though she was pregnant and it was not his child. Great love story. The final love story is that of Jesus Christ and his church. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, when the Apostle Paul is writing about the love between a man and a wife, and he's talking about the mutual respect that one would have for the other, he uses the marriage relationship, the love of husband and wife, to describe the relationship between Jesus Christ and his church. And just as the wife will be subject unto the husband, so the church is subject unto Christ. Christ promised to build the church in Matthew chapter 16. And he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. In Acts chapter 2, we find that the apostles are gathered in Jerusalem where Jesus told them to be. The Holy Spirit comes with power. Cloven tongues of fire sit upon the heads of the apostles. And the people there are drawn to what's happening because of all of the uproar. And people were being preached the gospel and hearing in their own language. Peter took the occasion for the first time in history to preach the resurrected Christ. And when he had made his case in the sermon, the Bible says that those people in the audience were pricked in their hearts and cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? And they were told to repent and to be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.47 says that people daily were being added to the church as the gospel was continuing to be preached. 
And more and more people will understand that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that he established a spiritual place to put his people. And daily, people were obeying the gospel and being added to the church. The value of that church, very simply seen in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, where it says that the Lord Jesus Christ purchased the church with his own blood. And now 2,000 years have passed and God's people still gather upon the first day of the week. We gather to pay homage to our Creator. We gather to worship our God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We commune with our Lord as we have just done. We sing songs of praise about the greatest love and the faithful love of our God, Jesus Christ. When I come to this building, I come to worship. I come to do those things that God says he wants us to do in order to honor him. But that isn't the only reason that I come to this assembly and that I look forward to being with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I am here this morning because I love to hear Cam singing. Pure innocence, excited about something that he doesn't even truly understand, but he's been taught well. He has the example of all the people here and I love to hear Cam sing. I'm here today because I love to see the children run up on this stage and see if they can jump off without hurting themselves. <laughs> the laughter, the good time that they're having with something as simple as a set of steps. And that joy fills my heart. I don't know if you know it or not, but in the lobby, over on the left-hand side, looking as I am, there is a bench that has been designated as the storytelling bench. People gather there certain men, sometimes women, and they tell stories and they exchange comments about family and history. And if you've never engaged in one of those, you ought to go back there and just kind of stand and listen. Maybe even join into the conversation once in a while. 
you would learn a lot. I love being here because we have storytellers that park on that bench out there and brighten your day. Now, in my dad's day, and away from a church building, he wouldn't call it a storyteller bench. He would call it a liar's bench. <laughs> and he would remind me that the first liar doesn't have a chance because somebody can always top it. That's the way it is here. There's always a good story, but somebody can always top it. And I love being here to engage in that kind of activity. I walk up and down these aisles shaking your hand. And I remember how much I love you and how much you love me. And I'm reminded of all the people in this auditorium who have helped me in so many ways. There are brethren sitting here right now who came to my rescue many years ago when I got into a very bad business situation and was struggling mightily financially. And my brethren showed up and helped me dig out of that hole and I'll never forget the love. And every time I come here and I see those individuals, I thank God again and again that I'm part of a family that has such love for one another. I think of the food baskets, the feeding of the homeless, the pantry that is constantly being refilled. And I thank God that I'm among people who are kind and generous. And I'm grateful to be in this assembly, not only to worship God, but to be thankful for you. If you're not here, I miss you. I look forward to getting out of my car in the driveway and the hugs or the hollers begin. Good morning, how you doing? Handshakes. You get in the building and you get hugged by people that really love you. You know, and during these times, I'm not worried about the world. <laughs> I don't think about what's going on in D.C. or Russia or any of those places. I'm here because I love God. I worship God. I want to be with godly people. And you have proven to me again and again how blessed I am to be part of this family. Another reason that I love to be here is I love to hear the sound of children. There's nothing sweeter in this world than the laughter of a child. There's nothing more precious than a soul of a baby. And I like to be 
where babies are and where this congregation is so blessed to have so many all ages of children. And that's a blessing to me. I am lifted up when I see our teen group be so active. And I'm grateful for those who direct those programs. When our teens and younger people are involved in CYC, polishing the pulpit, all of the things that we engage in, and again, the people that direct those programs, I'm so thankful for you. Have you ever seen your child try to give a high five to Owen Barnes? Have you ever seen that? <laughs> Owen is six foot five. Some of these children are three feet tall. Owen starts out with a high five down low. And then he brings it up a little bit to another high five level. And finally, he works it up to this. And these little kids are jumping as high as they can to try to get up there, and they can't get past his belt buckle. But what a wonderful, enjoyable thing to see the interaction with these children and how pleased they are that somebody cares enough to play with them and to let them know how important they are. I'll give you another reason I like to be here. I used to be the storyteller for our preschool. And a three-year-old girl in that preschool decided that I was her boyfriend. Her parents know about this, so I'm not, uh, I'm not storytelling. But anyway, we worked it out that when we see each other, we would just wink. And that's it. You just move on. You don't even uh, stop and speak. And to this day, I look forward to getting that wink. Now, this little girl is no longer a little girl, and pretty soon she's going to be having real boyfriends, and that's just a word for mom and dad to be concerned uh, about. But uh, it's, <laughs> let me ask you a question. How would your children know about colors if I didn't teach them? I, I teach children about colors. You know, if they're wearing brown shoes, I tell them how pretty their black shoes are. <laughs> if they're wearing a red dress, I tell them how pretty the blue dress is. If they have a big white bow in their hair, I congratulate them on the pink bow. See, if I wasn't here and you didn't bring your children, they'd never learn their colors. <laughs> One of my most prized possessions is a little book called The First Book of Colors. And it was given to me by a kindergartner 
who really believed that Mr. Hall did not know his colors. <laughs> and so she brought me this book, and I still have that book today. I love this church. I love you. I love the assembly. And I can't imagine not wanting to be here to share the love and the fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Are we here to worship? Absolutely. Have we done that in spirit and in truth? I pray so. But I pray that we can be drawn closer together, that we can enjoy one another even more because we truly are a family. There are other reasons that I enjoy being here. I won't bore you with, I will bore you with one more. Before we got into this pronoun issue and this gender issue that is taking this country by storm, I used to teach the little boys and girls about their names and how their parents had misnamed them. And a little girl would come in with her doll and I would say, first of all, did you bring me a doll? And it's very quickly, no. Uh, and then I say, what is your name? Oh, let me guess, let me guess. And it's a little girl with her doll and I say, Tom, and that look on her face is like, you are nuts. And so, well, maybe it's, is it George? No. And by now they're looking at mom and dad like <laughs> what's taking place. But through the years, and there are people in this audience right now, there's a little girl named Tom in this audience. There's a little girl named George in this audience. There was a young lady that grew up in this congregation who was Sam. Oh, by the way, I'm Emily. <laughs> and I'm also Rachel. So we come together, we worship, but we love. We share, we appreciate one another, we love one another, and I'm here to worship God, but I'm here to love you. And I appreciate you, I appreciate this assembly, I'm grateful for our shepherds who direct us in the proper direction, and I pray that each one of us would strive to be closer and closer together, and the family unit continues to love and to grow. Are you a member of this family? Spiritually, are you a member of the Lord's family? Oh, you don't know what you're missing if you're not. I pray today that if you're outside the family of God, that you would change that. That you would, through your faith, Confess Christ as your Savior, 
repent of your sins, be buried with your Lord in baptism. I forgot two names. There's a young lady in here whose name is Billy. And there's a young man in here whose name is Henrietta. Someday I hope you find out who they are. But in the meantime, please, let us help you become a member of the Lord's Church. If you need prayers of this church, let us help you do that as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.